just an honor for me to be able to do life with uh, our lead pastor, Phil. Uh, love him and his awesome bride and his kids. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, a lot of people will make the statement, and I've heard this, I asked somebody, how are they doing? Well, I'm living the dream. All I can tell you guys, I'm living a dream. I'm not sure I had, but it's really good. <laughs> It really is. So would you stand and welcome our lead pastor, Phil, as he comes to uh, bring us the word today. Love you, buddy. Man, what an honor to walk beside each and every one of you as well. And what is God is doing. So you reach your hands out towards me. I have a seasonal allergy that is in, comes in the form of a cough, and whatever thing in the tree disappears, it goes away about March. I want it to go away today. <laughs> so, Lord, I just receive and thank you for the prayers. <clears throat> thank you for the prayers that are coming together, Lord, remembering what you did and seeing that applied. Thank you, Father. So if I start to go soft... Just uh, take turns just saying, hey, just cough, Phil. And then so if my voice trails off, just somebody say, just cough. So, oh, we're talking about the message of the gospel of the kingdom. And just occasionally, every so often, I'll share my testimony. And I felt like today was, I want to do a condensed version of that testimony because I, I want to talk about what God's doing now and how he is activating each and every one of us to be a part of the, the Great Commission. And the beautiful thing about the Great Commission, uh, it's not just for evangelists, but when, when Jesus gave it in Matthew 28, uh, what, was, what was his audience? It was all of these giftings, right? All of the giftings were part of it, and what were they to be a part of? They're part of making disciples. That's, that's our, our mission, you know, when we bring the kingdom, it says when you preach, tell them what? The kingdom has come among you. It's, it's here. It's present, right? I, I don't know when the last time I said that when I was preaching, and, but Jesus instructs us to say such a thing. And, and, and the, the kingdom is among us here this morning. So I just want to take a moment before I start. I want to lift up uh, Miranda Hodges right now. Uh, I want to lift up Joy Price who has gone through a series of what looks like mini-strokes, uh, who's fairly unresponsive at this moment. Uh, Jonathan, would you mind if I share what's going on? But with, uh, with Miranda, um, she has just been continuing to have bleeding, and we want to believe that this baby will come through and come forth, and uh, there will be no complications. She's on bed rest right now. And then I just want to lift up so many in this body uh, that, that are in need right now, uh, physically, uh, financially, um, I just uh, there there are there are there are things in this body that I just want to come together in faith today to see the Lord move on their behalf today, you know, not tomorrow, but in this moment. Lord, it, it says He is, He was, and He is to come, and I think it's so interesting that they put "is" first, but He is, and He is here, and He is present to heal and to deliver. So. Lord, we just come together, and Lord, we just ask in the name of Jesus, we come against any complications over Miranda. We call that womb blessed in the name of Jesus. 
We call that baby protected in the name of Jesus. We lift up the Hodges household. Father, we just come right now, and Lord, we lift up Joy Price. And Lord, whatever this assignment and this attack that's come against her, not only through COVID and other complications, but we come against these many strokes. We come against um, confusion over her in the name of Jesus. And we just ask for restoration to her mind. Lord, we lift up Larry and Stacy Calloway right now, Father God. Lord, we lift him up. I ask for just total healing over his body. We just, we just, we just speak financial blessing over their business and everything that they touch in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for those in our body who are suffering that I've not mentioned, we come together as one, in one accord, in one heart, and one mind through the power of the Holy Spirit to declare your work go forth. We prosecute the full victory of what Jesus Christ did on the cross over each and every situation in this family because that is what you paid for. To tell us I paid in full. And Lord, we just declare that over every situation and circumstance in this room in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. So... I just thank you, God, and Lord, I just uh, ask if you're online or you're in this house and you begin to hear changes, uh, and there are physical changes and physical healings that are going to happen today, I believe there are going to be some deliverances today as we share. So, Lord, we just thank you. Oh, God, uh, my, my dad shared an incredible word on what, what Jesus spoke back to John the Baptist. If, are you the one? <laughs> He's like, man, deliverance, freedom, healing, it's all there. And, and, you know, that, that is the gospel of the king. That, this is what we bring. But I love that Jesus drew the disciples in early on with him. And then he started demonstrating the kingdom of God. He demonstrated a holistic gospel that cared for the least of these. You know, it wasn't until the late 1800s that the social gospel actually developed in the United States. When we began to care about the needs of the working poor and the working communities, that's actually when that started to happen and take place in the nation is when we started to turn and say, how can we help the least of these through situations and circumstances and problems? And I think that it's so interesting that what, what gospel was more social in the early church as, as the disciples uh, came together, shared everything in common, uh, and there was such a light in that community that it so attracted people as they were discipling each other, as they were before the Lord in the temple. Multitudes, multitudes upon multitudes were brought in and were attracted. You know, it's just this interesting thing because every one of us can be used in this capacity, in this role. Disciple making is for everybody. It's for every gifting. It's for every person. No one no one is exempt from this. It was Jesus' command. And when I, um, I, had, uh, I had obviously grown up in church in multiple countries and had, uh, had come back from uh, Christian college just disillusioned, just like not sure where to go. And so... I started, a, I, I got a job with uh, American Eagle Airlines, which is uh, in, in Springfield Airport, part of American Airlines, and um, it's, it flied the little jets, the little turboprops, and, uh, um, and I, uh, I remember when I started there, um, it was an interesting community because it was very, uh, very, very uh, not only diverse community, but um, a lot of different beliefs. Uh, in that place. Um, a lot of different value systems, a lot of identity crisis, 
uh, in that community. And, uh, and I remember uh, when I started, uh, uh, I, I, had, I had come out of uh, Christian college just partying and, and, uh, and just kept it going. And, and so for the first two years I worked at American Eagle, uh, they, uh, I just did everything they did. I, my, my language looked like theirs. My joke looked like theirs. The clubs I, I, I went to, I went to those clubs. I, I did all the things that they did. My, my life didn't look any different. And uh, I, uh, I was just very disillusioned and confused in my life. And I was actually uh, had a room up above my parents at their house. <clears throat> and uh, one night about, I think it was about 1 or 2 in the morning, I woke up and an angel appeared to me. And uh, it was the brightest light that I've ever seen in my life. I, I was as awake as I am now. I, it, it wasn't, yeah, it was a vision. Yeah, it was all that. It was, it was beyond anything I've ever experienced. And the light was so bright and was so piercing. And a man stood before me. He was about, about somewhere between 8 and 10 foot tall. And he had a, a white robe with just a single gold uh, belt. And his face was just radiant. I, I couldn't see it other than he had long curly hair. And uh, there were no wings or anything, but it was just this radiant person before me. And, and he pointed his hand up into me, and he pointed right at me, and he said, unless you straighten up, you will miss the call of God on your life. And uh, it was like a pin popped, or something got sucked into a vortex or a vacuum, because all the light was shoo, and it was just gone in a moment. I mean, it wasn't a do not be afraid message, right? right. He didn't say do not be afraid. He said, he said, unless you straighten up, you will miss the call of God on your life. And in that moment, the angel disappeared. And I started into full body shakes. And I couldn't stop shaking. I was so, it was such an experience with the glory of God. And, uh, and I had to go downstairs and I laid between my parents at, I don't know how old I would have been. I would have been like 26 or 7. Yeah. Yeah. Because so it was like... And I, I just shook. I just shook and continued to shake. And they just probably put a hand on me. I can't remember because I just shook. So I went into work the next day. And uh, I was... Uh, I walked into the room. I was heading into the break room. That's where we hung out and told dirty jokes and all this stuff, right? So I walk into the room and go, go into my locker, and the assistant manager said, Hey, Phil, would you mind waiting outside? We're going to tell a dirty joke. And he closed the door on me. Wait a second. That was weird. And then I walked around, and suddenly I realized that the environment around me had changed. And... When the angel appeared, I saw a switch on the wall. And I could switch God on in my life, or I could keep him off. And I remember that moment, and, and that was, it was around that moment with the angel. I can't say it was right with it. Um, but I, I turned God on in my life. And from that moment, the atmosphere began to change. And the incredible thing is, no one really called me a hypocrite or said, oh, what just happened? It was like they knew something had happened. And, um, and then they just began to come to me and talk to me and 
And, and, and then they started calling me Dr. Phil because they would come to me with their situations or their marriage trouble or whatever it was, and, and they would just find peace as they sat with me, and I would just share, and I would watch wisdom flow out of my mouth that I was like, where did that come from? Well, we know where it comes from, right? The Spirit of the Lord that's upon us. How did Jesus do the things that he did? Isaiah chapter 11. Spirit of the Lord was upon him, right? Spirit of the Lord, wisdom, counsel, understanding, knowledge, strength, fear of the Lord, all of them manifesting and watching as that same dove that ascended on Jesus as he was baptized is the same dove that's ascended on us. And it's a position of rest. None of those things are performance-based. Wisdom isn't performance. It's not when I'm wise that he gives wisdom, right? It's, it's, you can look through those and really see that it's a position of surrender to the Holy Spirit that he begins to release those things. And so I was watching as like stuff would just come out that would be the thing that they needed. And so this kind of went on and on. And I began to, uh, I, I went over to the home of, of two lesbians and just began to just share love. I mean, I just, it was like the Lord was okay with me just going over there. And I just, something began to change in my heart because I began to see the love of God for every single person. You know, and I remind you that Jesus looks at these religious leaders and he says, yeah, the prostitutes and the tax collectors are going to get him before you. Imagine that statement that he would make. But something happened in me where I saw the love of God beginning to flow in such a way. And it was so beautiful because we began to see transformative things begin to happen. And, and uh, my, uh, uh, I, I led a couple to the Lord and ended up marrying them there. Um, and uh, it was just a beautiful time where the Lord just began to work in different ways. Um, people would pray, uh, ask me for healing. And just the whole time I felt like, Lord, you're faithful. I'm not, I really wanted to honor my boss and just not just take time away from what I was supposed to be doing, you know. But the Lord would give opportunity while I was working just to begin to share uh, the gospel of the kingdom, right? Uh, uh, just the heart of the Lord uh, for, for rep repentance and a new life and a, and a fresh opportunity through baptism um, to, to serve the Lord. And in the middle of it, what I found was um, it was just like the Lord would set up these opportunities for me. I just had to be faithful to carry the Holy Spirit. And then he, he would watch. I would just watch his as these things would just begin to open and opportunities and doors would open, uh, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd get a call about uh, this or that, or, hey, I'm having this thing going on in my home, or just all kinds of different things were happening, and I was just watching it. And, and you know, when we're under the influence of the Holy Spirit and we rest in the Holy Spirit, then we watch as our Father goes forward and He opens the opportunities for us, and we just rest. I, I remember uh, uh, Mario Murillo um, didn't, was he the one that passed away in the, in the jet crash? Was that, who was that? Miles Monroe. I'm so sorry. Miles Monroe. Um, my dad got to minister with Miles Monroe in Africa. And uh, he said that uh, they would get on a bus together. And then Miles would say, stop here. And he would go out and he would buy kids' uniforms out on the side of the road. And he would buy certain sizes of kids' uniforms. And then Miles Monroe would get back in the get back in the in the bus and then he would say stop here and he would walk over and there was a lady walking down the road 
And he would give those uniforms to her, and they were the exact sizes that she needed because she needed school uniforms. And he said it was just one thing after another thing after another thing when he, when he was with them and just saw the ministry of the Holy Spirit that just cared about each person in front of them. And, and, and so what began to happen is that as things, things happened and, and, and things were shaking up, my boss came to me and he said, uh, I, I want to know about death. And he had had some heart trouble, I think, and some other things going on. And I said, well, I, I want to tell you about life. And so in the home uh, of a girl that had been living with a, uh, a lesbian partner, we actually led our boss to the Lord. Uh, and uh, it was a, just an amazing opportunity to talk about life. And the presence of God was there, and he, he received the Holy Spirit. And, and when that boss came to the Lord, then it began to shift the dynamic. I didn't see much in, in terms of a, a lifestyle change, but... But I'm not the one judging by what I see or deciding by what I hear. I'm under the influence of the Holy Spirit, right? The Spirit of truth is the one that is setting things in place that I, I, I do what he does. I, I say what he says, right? And so I'm under his authority. I'm under his influence. And so as, as we began to see more and more layers begin to peel back, uh, there's this one girl, she'd been in a uh, bisexual relationship for about four years. And, uh, and, and this is exactly what I told her. And I tell you, you know, my dad makes this statement. He says, uh, you can't bring uh, anything heavier than the bridge that you've built in relationship. When we build relationship, I love what Theodore Roosevelt says. This was traced all the way back to him. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. There's something about investing into the holistic nature of the gospel, the holistic care of, of the work of Sozo and salvation, that we begin to see, wow, okay, he was there in that moment while he was here then, and, and then when the opportunity comes, I just said, I, I, I just told this girl, I said, I don't believe that this is who God made you to be. I said, I don't believe this is the way God made you to be. I don't believe this is what you were born to do or born to be. And so that, I, I was just planting these seeds. And sure, there are probably seeds that could have got me fired. There could be seeds that, but it was the Holy Spirit just planting these seeds, but it was built off of relationship. It was built off of every day being with them. It was built off of the Lord having opportunities where we would get, you know, just have an opportunity to pull some people together and just study the word when we had the opportunity. And I remember we were studying the word and I just felt like the Lord yeah, it brought me to this passage that says, uh, do not be drunk lest you lose control. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> and this guy in front of me was like, that happened to me. He actually had a child because of that. And, uh, and, and the Lord like moved in that moment because the Holy Spirit was ministering through his word, right? And these opportunities would come up. And, and then uh, one day uh, we, we brought this girl into our home, Hannah and I, and began to minister to her. And we went through the gospel message and just ask her, would you like to receive Jesus? And she said, I'll think about it. I said, well, that's the second best answer. <laughs> and uh, so one year passes, and uh, we're, uh, we're just, uh, I, I was working ramp. I was flagging the planes in and hooking up the power. And, and this girl was on, uh, on the Jeopardy. She was the Jeopardy agent. So she, she did a real small girl, about 5'2", and she, uh, she, she runs down the steps. She just barely off, offloads the passenger when she runs down the steps and she runs up to me. And I'm just like, I haven't got the bags unloaded. I've barely got like stuff hooked up on the plane. 
And she says, I'm ready. I said, well, we're not. We got to unload bags. (laughs) What do you, you know, she's like, no, I'm ready to make Jesus the Lord of my life. It was one year later, one year later. And it just took those little deposits and those seeds, those daily, daily carrying the presence of God that would influence the people that were around her. And, and then uh, that opportunity came where she came to the Lord and she received Jesus and we had her back in our home again. And so these things started to happen. They started to happen. And then one day um, my boss says, uh, hey, my dad's, <clears throat> my dad's passing away. Would you come? And so I did. He said, I, I want to make sure he knows the Lord. And uh, so he had last stages. <coughs> Didn't hear any of you say cough, so I'm just... All right, last stages, Alzheimer's. And, uh, you know, that is a, 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 a disease that will lead to death. And he was just in the last stages of it where he couldn't really hold a conscious conversation for more than just, you know, a very, very short period of time. And he said, man, you know, this is the condition, but I just want to know. And so I, we just prayed right there that he would be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And uh, we walk in, and guess what? He was bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. And the last words that John Fink shared with me was when this man, who was shortly passing away from this disease, reached over to the drawer and he pulled out the Gideon's Bible. And he took me, he took me through Romans. The assurance that he was going to see Jesus. And his last words was a gospel message. And that was the last words he spoke to me. And, uh, and so um, Mike asked if I could do the funeral, and about half of the workplace came out for the funeral because half of them had to work. And, uh, you know, just other, other managers and other airlines. And it was just just great um, opportunity. And I didn't have to try to fit the gospel message in, right? Because that was the last words of John Fink was the gospel message. The Lord made it easy to share the gospel with about half of my workplace. And uh, I remember this one guy. um, He just really angry with God and just cussed God up one side, the other, and pretty hostile towards me and uh, an atheist. and, um, And I just remember just through that period of time, the Lord gave me such a heart for him. And I think you know what I'm talking about. But um, Nate worked with me at the airlines as well. And uh, so it, it came time that the Lord said it was time to leave. Uh, and I just said, well, Lord, just give me a date. And my manager walked up with a buyout package uh, that was written on my 10th year anniversary day for 10-year employees. So I was like, think that's the date <laughs> so you know I, I accepted this package and, uh, and just my heart man it was the last day there and uh, I went into the locker room I, I wanted to I wanted to take take my feelings out on bags and not on people so I was working the ramp that day and uh, put all my ramp stuff on and and in comes this guy that that did not like God and and did not like that fact about me at, at all. And uh, he was a big guy. He was taller than I was and strong. And he locks the door. This is my last day now. He locks the door of the locker room, 
suddenly I'm like, thankfully not having that flashback to high school, but you know what I mean? It's that kind of movie thing where you're in your locker and the bully goes, bam. So he comes up right next to me, the locker next to me, bam, looks me right in the face. I was like, all right, I'm going to get my lights punched out on my last day. And obviously he, you know, what's going through his mind that is worth giving up his job? I don't know, but, but, uh, and he said, I want you to know that you've been the best example of a Christian that I've ever met. And he turned around and he walked out. Man, I've gotten into debates there, and it never worked. I've tried debating. I, I tried debating with a, a Mormon, and I printed out the whole message of why Mormonism is not right and all the Gospels that oppose it. And this guy's world was destroyed because of the way that I brought it. He ended up leaving his wife, getting into a relationship, and everything fell apart in his life. We bring the message of the gospel through love. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, Paul was the, 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 the most, you know, he had the best penmanship. He, he had the best education, but even he said, I'm not, this isn't about the persuasive words. I'm not trying to persuade, Right? Even though he knew rhetoric, he knew, he understood the principles of, of persuasive language. He said, I'm not doing this for this reason. But, you know, I, at that moment, it was my last day, and I, and I walked out, and then I remember this. I said, Lord, I did not get to share the gospel with every person that I work with. I just remember that. And it was just like my heart cry as I left. And... Uh, and so I went out on the road. I worked for Walmart and uh, just doing a lot of remediation stuff for, for two years. And two years, I was on the road. We were in a different state. And uh, the assistant manager calls. And uh, the assistant manager says, uh, hey, man, I got some bad news. He said, uh, Mike just passed away from a heart attack. That was my manager of the station. He said, would you do the funeral? I said, absolutely, absolutely. Well, what I didn't know is uh, for the airline to do closure for each employee that was directly connected with the manager of a station who dies, they bring in employees from all over the country to fill and operate the positions of the airline. So the airline continues going, but it enables every single person to come to the funeral. And so what we ended up seeing was every single past, present, and new hire at that funeral, every airline manager, every, everyone came to honor this man. And I got to share the gospel with them. Like the Lord came through uh, and, and um, his grace was enough in this situation to, to come through. And uh, in the middle of the funeral, this guy, the one that I thought was going to punch my lights out, he... Uh, he came up to me and he laid his head on my shoulder and he began weeping. And he told me that he loved me. And since then, I've seen some Facebook posts. He's at Courageous Church putting out cones. <laughs> Man, that's the love of God. We let the Lord do what the Lord's doing. And uh, that's... 
This is the gospel of the kingdom. That we plant seeds where we go, but the heart of the Lord is ultimately to bring them into community. When, when people uh, receive an encounter with the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Secular humanism said there is no spirit realm. No wonder there's so much confusion in our society. How many demonic spirits are lying about emotions and feelings? That, I just don't know why I feel this same-sex attraction. I don't know why I'm feeling this. I don't know why these thoughts are coming into my head. But do you know what? If they don't believe in a spirit realm, then it has to be theirs. They don't realize the nature of the spirit realm operating, these demonic spirits around them. He's an identity thief. His, 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 it hasn't changed. But what we bring is the identity of Christ. And we got to be careful with our agenda. we got to be careful with putting strings and attaching it on what we give and what we share and what we do because sometimes it doesn't seem like the one, two, three. Sometimes it feels like the three or the one, but God fills in the two. He does. He's faithful to walk and to partner with us as we just share the word of life. One of the hearts of the Father is, you know, as I... As I, as I see people healed, I see this reaction, you know, and, and when physical healing happens, it's like they just wake up. You know, America very soon is on a collision course with the supernatural. People are hungry for it. Just look at the movie theaters. We won't get into all that. They're hungry for the supernatural. God's, pe God's people, right, right, he's putting a claim on them. He's like, they're mine. <laughs> I paid for them. I paid for them. My people are waking up to the supernatural. They can't deny who they are. They're supernatural beings. What's going what's to break the back of secular humanism and cessationism in the church? Secular humanism, which has left a powerless world, and cessationism, which has often left a powerless church, is a supernatural. It's coming, and it's in you. And it's waiting for the opportunity, even if it's a simple word, or the very presence of God that you carry into that place. It's the 75th anniversary of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Before that, I think it was the Masoretic text, 1500s, was what our Old Testament was based off of. And then over 2,000-year-old document is found. And it was so cool to see how it was actually made available to the world was through a misunderstanding. An American scholar actually used computers to start to piece together pieces of the uh, Dead Sea Scrolls that he had because they were only available in just a select number of Hebrew universities. And they were shared in a very tight, closed circle. And what happened is that he ended up convincing one of these universities that he actually had a copy. And he, he didn't lie about it, but he just presented these incredible things that looked like they were pieced together in the way that the university knew that they were pieced together, and they released all of the Dead Sea Scroll documents that then became public, right? But I love this part in Isaiah. It says, uh, and, and I love that scholars say that the Dead Sea Scrolls only enrich. They don't change the meaning. They just enrich our scripture. There's just a few he's and ands and things that as you look to it are a little bit different, but it doesn't change the context. One of my favorite things, though, says you will, what does it say? You will go out with joy. And be led forth with peace, right? That's the Masoretic. You go out with joy and be led forth with peace. Guess what the Dead Sea Scrolls say? You will go out with joy and bring peace. Oh, I like that. You're a peacemaker. Where you go, the peace of God reigns. Can't let peacekeeping get in the way of peacemaking. We're called to be peacemakers. Where you go, peace follows you, right? 
Where you go, mercy and his goodness, all these wakes form behind you as you go. So there was that opportunity, you know, to see the power of God come forth. And, you know, when we were in, uh, uh, I was looking through my attic and I wanted to pull this, accelerate forward. Uh, if you pull the picture up of the pen, this was my sister's pen. When she passed away, she was, a, she was an attorney um, and uh, she was a, 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 a in, in her last years was a professor at Mizzou and she taught business law and other stuff and, in, the, in the business department. And, um, anyways, this was one of her pens and I, um, I was going with a, a friend of mine to um, the Congo and we were supposed to leave a day after she passed away and so my friend went by himself and so I put that ticket on hold and you've heard the story but I'm going to make it brief. But... Um, when that ticket was put on hold, then um, uh, I just held it, and, and it was coming up on its year expiration. I was just like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? A friend of mine said, why don't we go to Zimbabwe? Uh, I've got a friend that has a business there, and, and he, can, he can give us the connections. And so, so I'm just I'm digging through our garage. I'm looking through some boxes, and uh, I find this pen, and I crack open this pen. I don't know if you can see, but it's blood red, just beautiful. It's a, it's a fountain pen, and... And when I, uh, when I opened it, the Lord said, I want, you to give, I want you to give this to the president of Zimbabwe. And I want you to tell it, with this pen, he will write justice over the nation. I was like, okay. So the first thing I did is brought it in. And the Lord said, it's my turn to start planning things. And, uh, and then immediately he reminded me that I found a demonic idol back here in the women's coat room. And I was just walking through the sanctuary and this wooden idol of this demon with candle holes where the, the wax had poured down his face. It was an ugly-looking demon carved out of solid wood, and I felt like Gideon going out front and just smashing that thing on the, on the front thing, and it shattered. But I remember the Lord saying, it's my turn to start planning some things. Reminded me, of course, of Paul and the handkerchiefs and so many other things, but do you know what? Uh, it, it, we, the presence of God, goes forward, and as we go, we, we leave our peace behind. That's what it says. There are times that we don't, but when we leave our peace, it stays. And so when, when we went to Zimbabwe, we were trying to make opportunity to meet with this uh, uh, president, and uh, they went through their vetting process, super complicated. Uh, and then in the end, this uh, company said, hey, we know the president's son. He's the, one of the influential ones, and do you want to meet with him? I was like, yeah, let's do it. So we pulled up. We're in this courtyard, uh, the team and I, and so we start ministering to him, and um, he comes in, and you could tell, the, like, the room moved, you know. And he sat down and kind of looking around, and right? And he's just, okay, I'm here, you know, orders a sandwich off the menu. He goes to take a bite, and it's the most painful reaction I've ever had. I was sitting right next to him. And he was just, like, winced in extreme pain. Well, he just had his wisdom tooth removed that morning. I don't even know why he was eating, but his whole face was swollen up on this side. And so he just stopped. And we say, hey, can we pray for you? So we say, in the name of Jesus, we just command healing. And, uh, and the team on that side, the swelling completely disappeared. So he looks down at his sandwich. He goes and he takes a bite. And he's just in shock, you know. And then we start to share with him about his heart. Um, and just, just powerful things came up through that. And then... Uh, and just in the middle of it, he started weeping, and, and he just put his head down, and just tears rolling down. He said, man, 
My wife's not going to believe it. She, she's going to think I've been <laughs> doing other things. But she's not going to believe that, uh, that this happened. And, you know, and then uh, I shared this pen with him. And he, he just, you know, wrote out the whole message that his father, uh, with his father, he's going to write justice over the nation. And before I gave the pen, I had somebody tell me, do you know what this president's done? And I said, I know what God created him to be. Do you know what this president has done? Are you sure that you should do that? And I said, I know what God created him to be, and he's calling him into his purposes. He created me to be a man of justice that, that will turn corruption around in that nation, will, will turn the nation around for the Lord. And so when he, he said, I will give this to my father, and I, I told him a little bit about my sister, he said, I want you to know that my father was a lawyer before he became president. Only the Lord can do that. When we were laying over my sister's body, the thing we asked for was the mantle of justice. And the Lord has given that to our family to administer the Lord's justice throughout the earth. What does that look like? It's different for each and every one of us. We're in the mine here. Let's pull up the miner's picture. And one of the chefs there, oh, yeah, I can't recognize which one it was. I think it was the one in the striped shirt but uh, at the end there. But he was the cook for this mine. And uh, I started sharing gospel. And, um, and anyways, I was sharing about the healing power of God. And I said, anyone hurting? And he had some back issues. And so he, uh, he uh, started, uh, um, he started, uh, some conversation came up about well, I'm already healed. And I said, well, he did heal, but let's see the manifestation of it today. Um, and he just kept saying, I'm healed, I'm healed. And I said, well, does it hurt? Said, yeah, it hurts. I said, okay, well, let's see the manifestation of that healing that Christ paid for. You know, and there's times when we touch something theologically, and most of the time, we don't. <laughs> we just do what the Lord tells us to do. And that was pray. <laughs> so we prayed right? And we just prayed. And uh, as we prayed, you know, he got up and s starts calling his guys around him. He's like, bring me that spoon. Bring me that spatula. And he gets over this whole huge cooking pot. And he gets himself in position where his back would normally hurt. And he starts doing this. <laughs> and the pain was gone. The pain was gone. And so, well, we went from there and we went to this clinic and I don't have a picture of the lady, but uh, you can take that one off now. Uh, we went to this clinic, and, and, and it was just, uh, unfortunately, a show clinic. You know, they, they just had the uniforms, but I was looking for the medicine. I, I was looking for how they would care for their patients. And it was almost, it just felt strange. And I just saw people just leaving brokenhearted and disappointed. And my eye just went to this one lady in this beautiful African wrap, and, and she just looked so pained and just distraught as she left. And then I realized, oh, wow, I, did, I, I wasn't just looking at the African rap. Like, the Lord had my eye on her specifically. And so I had to chase her down. And she ended up being about probably an eighth or a quarter of a mile from the clinic by then. By the time I got out of the clinic and ran after her. And so I just ran down the road and I got up to her. And we were right in front of this huge group of people that meet in white. And they, they divide men and women. And they have leaders that have um, cough. <clears throat> Excuse me. They have leaders that um, uh, wear staffs, and, and, and they kind of hear and instruct this group. Just a strange, strange atmosphere. And uh, 
And so it ended up, by the time I chased this lady down, we were right across a field from this huge group, and they meet just all over uh, uh, Zimbabwe. And this huge group was in the field, and we ended up being, like, right next to them. And, and this lady was just, you know, and she was still walking quickly. Um, and so I just said, hey, can I pray for you? She said, yes. And I said, uh, in the name of Jesus, be healed, <laughs> right? And she started screaming at the top of her lungs as loud as you could possibly scream to the point that I had to look around at other people in the street. And she was screaming and she was saying, Jesus, you healed me. Jesus, you're the one that healed me. Jesus, you healed me. That's all she would say. She didn't even care, look whether I was there or not. And she was still walking at the same pace. And, uh, and, and she was completely healed in that moment, but it happened right in front of this encampment. I just thought, well, that's interesting. Sometimes when you walk away, you see the spirit realm superimposed over what you just saw. And I walked away, I saw three demonic spirits just just staring me down. And uh, so we get in the bus and we're going to pray over a paralytic. Uh, and I believe my understanding is he was paralyzed from the waist down. And uh, so we get all the way to this guy's house. Well, we can't go anymore because one of these groups is blocking the road. And it wasn't like a main road. It was like country road. And uh, so we had to get out of our van and walk around the group. So got out of the van and there was an old, old guy with a with, uh, uh, one good eye, right? He had that white eye. I said, hey, can I pray for you? He said, well, this might be part of the prophecy. I said, okay, well, can I pray for you, you know? And he said, uh, yeah, yeah. And so I went ahead and prayed for him, and then we moved on. So we get to the house of this guy that we're supposed to pray over, and he's not there. So all we, all we know to do is that it's time that God starts depositing things, Right? Right? So we prayed over his sheets because he wasn't there. We prayed over his sheets. The whole group came around and prayed over his sheets. And then this is the video that we got. Isn't that amazing? Ah, it's amazing. It's just so incredible. Careful. The audio is hard to hear, but she's saying, like, it's a miracle. Careful. Careful. Some, I don't know, Zimbabwean accent. So. Careful. And the way to my is good now. Right? Thank you, Jesus. It's a miracle. The presence of God was deposited and it was resting on that place. And I believe when he laid back on that bed, he was, the Lord healed him. Come on, Awesome. All right, so, so after, after he wasn't there, and you can go ahead and end that video. He does get up that step, by the way. Uh, after that, uh, we come back. Well, we have to pass by this huge group in white, right? And so we, uh, we come to the edge of their group, and my feet couldn't move. I could not move my feet. How many of you know when the Holy Spirit's on you? And I, I'm just saying, when you're yielded to the Holy Spirit, he, he's in control. And, and so I wanted to go, but I couldn't. I was probably hungry or something, but I couldn't go. And, and my feet were stuck to the ground. And one of these young leaders was already there saying, move along, move along. They were ready for us to move along. And I couldn't. And finally, this guy said, what do you want? I said, I want to share with the group. And so he conferred with all the leaders. And then you can pull up that picture. Um, so that's me standing up there with the translator. Um, and uh, they said, you must take your shoes off. You must roll up your pant legs. Men must sit with the men and women must sit with the women. And, uh, and then the leader of the whole group stood up. And it happened to be the blind guy that I prayed for. And he stood up and he said, um, we've been fasting for three days. And we saw a vision of your group coming through. 
and we knew that we were supposed to let you say whatever you want to say. So I was able to share the, the message of the gospel and, and invite the Holy Spirit to touch this group. And, uh, and I went, and I went, um, and I'll be honest with you, because I, I went home and I did the very thing that I shouldn't have done. I isolated myself, thinking, because, you know, they said a few things that was a little weird, like, hey, this is milk mixing with milk. And I'm like, oh, man, what does that mean? <laughs> like, what, what milk is that? You know, and anyways, so there were just a few things I went home, and instead of staying with the team and talking with the team and bringing my concerns to the team, I isolated myself. And uh, I was just stuck in my room. And I started beating myself up that, I, that I'd come into agreement with, a, with one of those demonic spirits and compromised the trip and endangered our team. And all these lies started going through my head. Kept me up all night. And I was just, just uh, beleaguered, like coming out in the morning. And I went up to one of my friends. I was just like, oh, man, this, this happened. I think I, I think I came into agreement with something. And he just looked at me. And he's like, I hate to burst your bubble, but you're not that big. And it was the best bubble bursting I've ever had. But in that moment, I realized, oh, yeah, it was the Lord. And, uh, and the group began to share all the things that would have seemed like coincidence. But it so happened I wore a purple shirt that was the same hue as the leaders. And only the leaders had that same exact hue. And I wish I knew what it was for what color it was. But it was exactly the hue of the leader's shirt that I just happened to wear that day that was under their white robe. And, uh, and they began, uh, and, um, and, and so the Lord went to work, and so uh, they began to show me all these things that the Lord had, had done in that. And then it hit the reality. I didn't come into agreement with this spirit. They came into agreement with the most dangerous spirit in the universe, the Holy Spirit. He's the most dangerous spirit to the works of darkness and the work of the enemy. And the beautiful thing, he's in you. From a position of rest with the Spirit of the Lord upon you. There's nothing that we can't do through the Lord. There's nothing that we can't do through the Lord. He, we can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens us. So Lord, thank you, Father, for what you're doing in this house. And Lord, I just ask that, Lord, as the message of the gospel stirs in us, Lord, that we would look around in, in obedience to that command and say, Lord, who are we to disciple, Lord? Because we can see people encounter the kingdom of God, but God wants to draw them into supernatural community. Because you can encounter the supernatural and it rocks your world, but unless that person is invited into supernatural community where that is normal, when, when, when we don't take the opportunity as Jesus did, that, that, that those miracles and signs and wonders were beautiful, but, but it was a discipling process as, as, as the disciples were with him to understand the power of the kingdom of God at work. And he walked with them through all that time demonstrating the kingdom. So, Lord, I thank you for just that shift that says, Lord, yes, we're to demonstrate the kingdom, but we're to do it in the position of discipling. They, they go together. They have to be together. It's not one or the other. One of my favorite uh, things was like, the Lord was like, just said, I need to get coffee for Kyle Theobald. So I was like, okay. I texted him and, all right, I got the order, and, and I, I, I walk in, and all of his guys, these big burly guys, and that should be a compliment to them, that uh, Kyle has a tree business, and uh, these big old guys with their company jackets on, and they're all in this room, just, I don't even know how many there were, and 
Kyle was just there, and I walk right in the middle of it, but Kyle was there with all these guys that work for him uh, in a Bible study, just sharing the message of the kingdom, just discipling these guys, and just the, the realization of what God's called us to do, that, you know, it, it isn't to do business to uh, then give to ministry, but the business is the ministry. That opportunity for influence comes through the Holy Spirit in whatever environment we are. But we are all called to disciple. We're all called to walk alongside people. And sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it might take a year for a breakthrough. But as we faithfully love and as we faithfully rest under the presence of God and as we bring peace with us, oh, man, transformation begins to happen in the community around us. Would you stand with me? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus. Oh, God. Lord, I just, I just repent of just getting caught up in distraction, getting caught up in so many things that are happening in this world, and Lord, and forgetting your call to disciple, and in that discipleship is a demonstration of the kingdom of God as we as we take people under our care, as we demonstrate Christ to them, as they follow after us, as we follow after Christ. Holy Spirit, thank you. Lord, I just ask that, Lord, just stir our hearts, Lord, that, that you would show us who to walk with, Lord. And it may be some of us needing discipled and then pulling in disciples. Jesus started with with equipping his disciples, and then they began to disciple others. But Lord, I just thank you, whether it's we're, we're putting up the, putting up our faith to say, yeah, I, I realize I need discipleship, or, or we're putting up our faith to say, Lord, I know that you've called me, me to disciple. Lord, I just ask that even now you would begin supernaturally to lay on people's hearts, that person that you've called them to do life with, to walk alongside and demonstrate Christ like this, Lord, to suffer for your name's sake, Jesus, as you demonstrate the kingdom of God, as they witness signs, wonders, and miracles, as they witness the kingdom of God just as the disciples did. And Lord, I also thank you for that, for that social gospel to be remembered in our message, that you care for the least of them, Jesus. Lord, you fed them. They had full bellies. You healed them. They had healed bodies, Lord. And they drew and listened. They listened to their word, Lord. There was a holistic gospel message, Lord. And I just thank you that we were just walking it today, Lord. Every one of us called to disciple. Every one of us called to walk alongside people. Lord, forgive me if there are those that you've called me to disciple that I haven't, that I've let go. Lord, if there was a window of opportunity and Lord, I just let that slip by. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Forgive me. And God, I just thank you for your grace that we come to your throne of grace, just asking for grace and mercy in our time of need. Lord, we come to your throne of grace this morning and we just ask, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on us. Thank you for the opportunity that you would bring into our lives people that we could walk with and demonstrate Christ to, and that we would have that opportunity we would have that opportunity to reflect your glory. Oh, God, to move in the supernatural. That the peace of God would rest wherever we are. 
Oh God, we thank you. Awaken our hearts to the great commission. Oh God, the, the, the cycles that we go through as Christians, those, even those sin cycles or those habit cycles or those distraction cycles. Lord, the answer is the great commission. The answer is to go forward in obedience with what you've asked us to do, to keep moving forward with the Lord and what you have for today. Just like Miles Monroe, Lord, as, as he would go place to place to place, hearing the Holy Spirit, blessing, touching, loving. Oh, God. Lord, we just say yes. We just say yes to that. We don't have to be afraid. The love of God is enough that compels our heart. We do not have to be afraid. And just ask those prayer teams to come up right now. And if you don't know the Lord and you would know it because you've been radically changed, your life would have turned around if you don't know the Lord this morning, I invite you to come up uh, to those that are up front here, and I ask that you would just surrender your life to Jesus, to surrender to him. If you've been in a place where you've, you've fallen away, and, and you know what that means, that, that means that Jesus was standing there, but we've just chose to look away. So repentance is turning back to him. But if there's a turning back to him, and you just want to recommit your life to that commission that he gave us to go. Each one of you making disciples is going to look different. There's no pressure to be anybody else in this room but you full of the Holy Spirit. That's all God's called you to be. Our only job is to be Christ to the person in front of us. That's it. The gospel is no more complicated than that, to be Christ to the person in front of us. So, Lord, we thank you that this morning, Lord, those that the Lord's just been moving on your heart and you just feel a burden for this. You feel a burden for this, but, but in it you just feel the fear of, of the unknown, of what this will look like. And that's just, you feel like that's held you back. What this is, is to find someone that you can do life with and share the love of Jesus and the word of God. To share your life stories and your testimonies. That's it. And let the Lord do the rest. Let the Lord do the rest. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for every person in this room and the heart that you've given them, Lord. Thank you that we can all say yes to this, Jesus. So I just encourage you, if that's you, come on up. Just be bold. Just be bold. And then if you need healing, we felt this in worship. We felt this in pre-service prayer. Um, the Lord is going to heal this morning. And the Lord is going to see uh, some people come free because of the power of his name. And so if you have been struggling uh, with the influence of demonic spirits, you've been sp struggling with night terrors, um, the Lord wants to set you free from that today. And then if you have been, um, if you have been uh, in any way, uh, we saw the testimony on that video of that man walking I wish you'd heard her in her Zimbabwean accent say, it's a miracle. I, I can't even say it in her kind of accent. But it was, it was a great moment. Like, but um, if, if, if that video just moved you, that the miraculous is not only for today, but it's for me. <laughs> Claim it. Take it. That's the kingdom of God. We got to take it. I'm going to take it by force. I'm going to take it. So if that's you, and you just know, man, I want that miracle. I want that miracle.
Come forward. Come forward. And then the last thing, um, if you need help connecting with someone, If you just know I need to be discipled and you just need help with that, come see Larry or I and uh, we will will work to connect you with someone that wants to disciple. (laughs) And the Lord will give us the grace to be able to do it. And he'll give us the relationships and the connections to be able to do that. Because ultimately, we we all need to be walking together. One of us can put a thousand to flight, but two, ten thousand. Man, that's what I want, to walk, to do life, to be discipled and to disciple. You know, I, I, love, uh, I love that position. You can graduate, you know, when you have a, a leader tract, you know, you can graduate from that. It's like, oh, I'm a leader now. But when, when our life is given to discipleship, there's no graduation. <laughs> You're just discipled being discipled your whole life as God just continues work of salvation in us. All right? So, thank you, Lord. Bless you guys. Love you. We're going to be starting uh, next month the kingdom of truth. What a message for this time on truth. The whole month we're going to take that. So, we love you guys. God bless you.